0: God's fickle bunch. Oh, yeah. So easily offended.
1: Here comes the money. Here we go. Money. Here comes the money.
0: The Weekend
2: Wager with Anita Marks starts now.
0: Scott Seidenberg in for Anita Marks here. It's the Weekend Wager on ESPN New York 98.7. And there is so much to sweat right now in the sports betting world. Yes, the NBA season is in the books. Congratulations once again. The Golden State Warriors cash as the NBA champs, the fourth time in the last eight seasons. Steph Curry, your finals MVP. I guess that means I could do this. Sound to me ripping up the ticket on my thousand to one Marcus Smart to win finals MVP. That was just not going to happen there. Uh, hey, I took a long shot. I can't, can't blame it. kid took a shot and he missed major league baseball going on in progress right now. If you're sweating these, these out are in the ninth inning in DC Phillies lead the national six to five Yankees and Mets are both still in action. Bottom of the eighth in Toronto, the Yanks with a 10, three lead over the blue Jays. This one looks to be in hand. Same thing with the Mets and Marlins in the eighth at Queens Mets with a 10, three lead over Miami. You got the Red Sox in control with the uh, Cardinals, 6-1 in the ninth. Bottom of the ninth, the Tigers looking to uh, scratch one, but they can't because uh, Rangers lead 7 nothing. White Sox uh, trail the Astros 5-3 now in the bottom of the sixth. Rockies a six nothing lead over the Padres in the fifth inning, and then early on some West Coast games here. Royals with a one nothing lead over the A's. The uh, Diamondbacks a two one lead over the Twins, and still to come Angels and Mariners from Seattle. Uh, Seattle minus one forty with Robbie Ray on the hill against Michael Lorenzen, and the Dodgers take on the Guardians. No Mookie bets in the lineup. And L.A., a heavy favorite there. Clayton Kershaw on the hill against Zach. Please Zach. L.A. minus two ninety with the total. Of eight in that game. Me personally, I'm sweating out this Twins Diamondbacks. I took the Twins in the first five innings and off to a good start. Byron Buxton solo home run to lead off the game, but then in the bottom of the first, a two-run home run uh, for the Diamondbacks gives them a two-one lead. Uh, taking a look at both of these pitchers in Devin Smelter and Madison Bumgarner. Smelter on the season five zero and one in the first five innings. And Madison Bumgarner, 3-9-1 and one in the first five innings. So uh, I really love the Twins in this matchup, and we'll see if they can get to Mad Bum some more there. They do have a runner-on in the top of the second inning. Keep you updated on everything going on in the Major League Baseball world. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. It's a big historical day uh, for New York sports. Here we are June 17th, June 17th, 1994 was the day that the OJ chase occurred during the Knicks game five win of the NBA finals against the Rockets. And it was also the day of the Rangers Stanley Cup parade. So uh, a historical day in New York sports on this day in nineteen ninety four. You know, I was looking at some of the things going on uh, with the Mets and the Yankees and looking at their schedule, looking at their odds looking at the futures market as well. And I actually believe, first of all, there's no value in betting on the Yankees to to win the division. The Yanks are, have a huge lead. They're not going to lose this lead. Uh, So as of two days ago, the Yankees, like right now, They're going to win this game against the Blue Jays, barring a historic collapse. But they're going to be 47, excuse me, 48 and 16. When they were 46 and 16, that was the 62 game mark, right? So 100 games left in the regular season. And if the Yankees just went 50 and 50 for the rest of the season, and it looks like right now they're off to a 2-0 start, they would finish with 96 wins. And obviously, this team is way too good to just go 50 and 50. They're going to finish something like probably 65 and 35, maybe even better. I mean, this team is destined to win over 100 games. They're going to exceed their preseason win total. And when it comes to the futures market, they are going to win the division. They're minus 500 right now on bed MGM. That's just absurd and no value in, in taking anybody else. I don't believe that the Yankees will lose this lead in the division. But look at their odds to win the American League. You see the Yankees right now to win the American League are your favorites at plus 225. The Astros are your second favorite at plus 275 Blue Jays plus 500. Then you got the White Sox at eight to one. First off, I don't even know if the White Sox are gonna make the playoffs. Rays are at 10 to 1, Twins, 16 to 1. Like there's no one else I would buy in on right now besides like the Yankees or the Astros, probably. So this number is going to continue to shrink as the Yankees continue to win. But when this team gets to the playoffs, keep in mind we have a new playoff format this year in Major League Baseball. You're going to have the top records get the buy. And then there's an extra wild card team. And then when it comes down to the, the division series and then the league championship series, the way the Yankees rotation has been pitching. Who's capable of beating this team four out of seven times? I'm not talking about the World Series. When we get to the World Series, it's a whole another discussion. But in terms of just winning the American League. Let's say it's the Astros they face in the LCS. The Astros, they're in first place right now very comfortably, but is that because of how well they're playing or because of how bad that division is? And think about this. The the Angels lost 14 games in a row, and they were still in second place in the division. That's how bad the division is. Meanwhile, in the American League East, they could send four teams to the postseason with the extra wild card now. The Yankees have a plus 131 run differential coming into tonight's game that will increase with this win. They're, they're winning 10-3 right now. So they're gonna have a at least, you know. Well, I'm not gonna guess. We'll we'll see what happens when this game ends. But it'll be their eighth straight win. They'll have a p- over-130 run differential, the best in Major League Baseball. And the next best team in the American League is the Red Sox, believe it or not, who are 13 and a half games back, and they have a plus-53 run differential. The Houston Astros are good. Their lineup is solid. Jordan Alvarez is probably behind Aaron Judge the next – Favorite to win the American League Most Valuable Player Award, right? I mean, is there anybody else in the American League that you would consider ahead of uh Aaron, uh not Aaron Judge or, or Jordan Alvarez, or maybe Jose Ramirez and Shohei Ohtani? I guess those would be the guys. I'd go Judge, Otani, Ramirez, and Jordan Alvarez. But besides Justin Verlander, who scares you in that rotation? So when it comes to those two teams going up against each other, I just, I, the Yankees are going to be favored. The Yanks will be favored in every series they play. So if you like the Yanks to win the American League plus 225, that number is definitely going away. It's absolutely going away. And it's it's weird to have the conversation sometimes about value because there's no value in that number anymore. You lost the value in that number weeks ago. But in terms of where it is now compared to where it's going to be in another week, in another two weeks, in another month, then, yeah, the time to get in is now on the New York Yankees. We're going to continue to have the conversation about the futures market in Major League Baseball because there are division races that we could certainly uh, pick up on and and try and find some good plays there. There are teams that I would like to fade as well, taking a look at their division odds. And then there's the awards market, which I still think can be lucrative, but the same, same concerns there. Whenever you're talking about a future, the, the value sometimes is lost compared to what the number was. And I hate when people talk about, oh, uh, I got a bet in at this number. I got a bet in at this number. How does that help you, the audience? What helps you, the audience, is discussing where the number is now. And if that's a good bet to make right now. Like Aaron Judge to win the American League MVP. He is at minus 110. There's no value in that number. but. If you truly believe that he's got the strong enough lead, then all you're really betting against right now is not the other players. You're betting against an injury. And you're just hoping that Aaron Judge stays healthy because of the lead that he has built up statistically. And just in the narrative around Major League Baseball, he is going to be your American League most valuable player. I'm Scott Sadenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We will continue to update you on everything going on in Major League Baseball, games in progress right now, all the West Coast games. We'll talk about the uh, U.S. Open leaderboard, Any plays possibly for round three up at Brookline, Massachusetts, plus Stanley Cup final game two coming your way tomorrow. Who do we like between the Lightning and the Lightning? and the Avalanche, plus the Major League Baseball schedule coming up here for Saturday.
2: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Hey, all season long, listen to 98.7 ESPN for ESPN's Sunday Night Baseball brought to you by Nissan. Nissan's an easier choice than ever with their exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. Now, get great offers across their full line. Shop at your local Nissan store and Nissan USA Dot com Sunday night baseball this week is going to be the White Sox and the Astros. White Sox and the Astros are playing right now in the Apple TV game. Now there is—I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory—but there is a, there is some talk around the interwebs about the totals. During these Apple TV Friday games. And uh if you've noticed, there has been a lot of runs scored during these Apple TV Friday games. I'm not I'm not accusing uh juiced ball, of anything, whatever. Just 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 sometimes it happens to be a coincidence. Total for this game between the White Sox and the Astros opened up at seven and a half. And I understand it because Fran Valdez was on the hill to start this game for Houston and He's been one of the best pitchers in the American League. I mean, you look at his advanced numbers. They're just fantastic. And then you have Lucas Gilito, who on the surface is a top pitcher, but has not performed that way as of late. Total got pushed up to eight, and uh, right now it is six to three. So the total has already gone over. And uh, looking for more runs are the Astros, who have the bases loaded in the bottom of the sixth inning. Mets and Yankees still in progress right now. Yankees keep adding to their lead. They're up 12-3. Uh, Mets lead the Marlins 10-4. They just got out of a bases loaded jam in the eighth inning. Uh, your late games, uh, bottom of the second inning. Arizona with a 2-1 lead over the Twins. Angels and Mariners are scoreless in the first. Guardians and Dodgers are also scoreless in the first inning. Uh, I was wanted to take a look at... Um, the game's coming up here for Saturday because it's definitely going to be a fun schedule uh, on the board. Uh, action starts bright and early. It's an early day game from Chicago, Cubs and Braves. Who The Braves, by the way, and the Cubs, both snapping big streaks. The Braves won 14 straight games before losing to the Cubs, one nothing. And the Cubs lost 10 Straight games before winning this game against the Braves, a one-nothing game. So, where does the value lie here for Saturday afternoon? Atlanta listed as an early minus 170 favorite with Kyle Wright on the hill, who has been fantastic for them this season. Uh Kyle Wright, I guess he's like the ace of the staff, right? I mean, you're looking at them, and it ain't Charlie Morton.
3: The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
0: And maybe it's the the rookie, Spencer Strider. And and we'll have plenty to talk about him coming up uh, in, in a couple of minutes here. But the last time or the only time that Kyle Wright pitched against the Cubs, seven innings, of 3 hit baseball allowed just one run walked four though and struck out eight and he will be opposed by um Justin Steele who has a very poor record this season he is 1 and 5 he's got a 4.33 ERA but the the numbers sometimes don't Tell the story. You see, what you have to do is if you're really serious about betting baseball, you need to understand. Uh, a lot of advanced stats, a lot of expected numbers. You have to look at a pitcher's FIP, you know, the fielding independent pitching. You have to look at their expected ERA, their expected FIP, their ex-WOBA. Now, these are all sabermetric stats that bore people, but what they do tell you when you look at a pitcher's expected stats is how lucky or unlucky are they getting? And, do the numbers match up with exactly what you're seeing on the surface? So if I see a guy like a Justin Steele, let's say, who is starting the game for the Cubs and on the surface, I look at Justin Steele and I see a one in five record and a four, three, three ERA that does not look good, but then I start to dive in and I'm thinking about looking at, at his expected numbers. And I see that Justin Steele has a 299 x woba which really calculates all the quality of the contact that you give up. He's got an ERA of 433, but his expected ERA is over a run lower at 3.24. So in reality, Justin Steele is not pitching as poorly as his surface numbers would indicate. And another thing that I like to check on is, you know, besides the quality of contact, like how are you getting hit hard? And Justin Steele, if you look at some of these advanced numbers, Justin Steele is, is, has one of the fewest barrel percentages in major league baseball. And what that means is he's not getting squared up a lot. He's not giving up hard contact. His hard hit percentage is only 33%. And yeah, the Braves are slugging the ball all over the ballpark. But this is an offense that just slowed down and scored only one run here at Wrigley. They had two hits in this game. Keegan Thompson went six innings, two hits, no runs, and then three relievers combined for no hits three walks and two strikeouts and the Cubs win one to nothing with a run in the bottom of the eighth right now up on BetMGM, MGM taking a look at this game. The Cubs are plus one forty five to the Braves minus one seventy five looking at the pitching matchup and seeing that a guy like Justin Steele is not pitching as poorly as his numbers or his advanced numbers tell you the story compared to his actual numbers, I might consider a flyer on the Cubs or maybe a first five play, just avoid the bullpens and just handicap the starting pitchers. I play a lot of first five innings in major league baseball. I find that there it's much easier for me to handicap the starting pitching because sometimes the bullpens are a crapshoot. And there's been countless times where I, my team takes a lead into the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, and then blows it, and I lose my bet. And it's just so frustrating. I mean, look at what just happened. I mean, perfect example, right? I mean, there's we're talking about games going on in progress. We're talking about uh, you know handicapping first five versus um, full game bets, the Phillies and the Nationals, right? Phillies score two runs in the top of the eighth inning to tie the game at five. In the ninth inning, Matt Vierling hits a solo home run. It's six five Phillies going to the bottom of the ninth inning. And what has been the biggest problem for the Phillies all season? It's been their bullpen. And what happened? The Nationals have tied the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. If you would have bet the first five, it would have been a tie. It would have been a push because the Phillies... And Nationals were tied at three after five innings. But maybe that's not the best example. I'm just giving you an example of a bullpen blowing a game. So for me, I'm a big F5 guy. And like I said, like one of my bets that I'm sweating out right now is this Twins and Diamondbacks in the first five innings because I handicapped both these starting pitchers. And Smelter, in my opinion, had the edge over Madison Bumgarner. The numbers, the profit margins completely dictate that. And here we are, you know, twins scored one early, gave two back, but now they're in the top of the third. They got a runner on third right now. Hopefully uh, they get this tying run in and uh, we have a situation where they at least tied this thing up here in the third. And ideally I'd like them to have a lead Uh, elsewhere. You got the Dodgers uh, get the leadoff runner on no Mookie bets in the lineup for the Dodgers tonight. So no score right there between the Dodgers and the guardians, no score between the angels and the Mariners as well.
2: This is the weekend wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Joining me now to uh, break down some Mets, some Yankees, and uh, all things, I guess, a little Major League Baseball, some futures talk as well as Will Hill. Uh, Will host the New York City cast uh, for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. You find it on vsyn.com. Slash podcasts. Will thanks so much for joining me here on the weekend wager. Um, how nervous should the Mets be right now with the Atlanta Braves on their heels all of a sudden in the National League East?
1: Yeah, I think you should be nervous. And again, it's probably, you know, you're probably being a little greedy if you're the Mets. I understand it. You got a 10 and a half game lead. You expect to, hey, maybe, you know what, your mind wanders, maybe we can run and hide in this thing. But if you just look big picture. You're in a division with the World Series champions. You got nothing out of DeGrom, who's probably the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy, although it's been a year or so. And you got Scherzer, who's gone, been out a month or so. So the idea that you're going to be down these two pitchers, you have the World Series champs in your division, and the fact that you thought you're never going to be threatened was probably a little too optimistic. So uh, look, you still got a four-game lead. You got Scherzer coming back. Sounds like he's going to be back before the end of June. I guess one rehab start next week, uh, assuming no setbacks. And then, uh, that series, I think it's against Miami, the last week of June, that 27th, 28th around there. Shears will be back with the Mets. So, uh, DeGrom, I know, is throwing a bullpen. Hopefully there's good news and, you know, maybe at some point you got to get this guy back on a mound for a rehab start, something. I mean, all, all it is is bullpens and flat ground. Uh, but look, you know, you're in for a pennant race. The Braves just seem to have an endless supply of prospects. I mean, I'm sure you've seen Strider, who's just incredible. Throws the ball 101 miles an hour, just incredible stuff, and, and a great mustache too, by the way. <laughs> Michael Harris comes up. You know he's got a chance to win Rookie of the Year. Uh, to go with Acuna, who's back. And I mean, you just look at the, the lineup for the Braves, the pitching. You knew they weren't going to slump forever. They're too good. They have too much talent. So uh, look, there's nothing wrong with a pennant race, and I think it's uh, if you're a Mets fan, it's a whole summer of not only following the Mets and watching the Mets, but checking out Atlanta and seeing what they're doing.
0: So today began a stretch of 11 games against both Miami and Houston, and uh, in both Miami series, the Mets will run up against Sandy Alcantara, the likely Cy Young Award winner in the National League. Well, him and Joe Musgrove right now are the two top favorites Uh, of these 11 games. What record would you like to see the Mets get? What's a realistic expectation for them here?
1: Yeah, of course, the Miami pitching's good, and you follow Alcantara. And by the way, you get bonus points for saying his name correctly. Everyone calls him Alcantara, which I actually—it bothers me
0: so much because he's the best pitcher in baseball, and he deserves more respect
1: than that. Yeah, it shows you how underrated he is, where you hear people all the time. I would say eighty ninety percent of the Alcantara. People, <laughs> I know, all the time. Which it reads is Alcantara. And look, if you're not if you're just kind of read, you know, following these games on your phone or fantasy or whatever or betting, you wouldn't know how it's pronounced, but it shows you he's the Cy Young favorite, and maybe you know, he's so under the radar that people don't even know how to pronounce his name that maybe that doesn't speak well for his chances. But uh to get back to your question, what is it? Eleven games, twelve games, I would say seven and four. Uh, you know, six and five isn't terrible. The Marlins usually drive the Mets crazy. And again, they're not a, a good team, but they're an uncomfortable team to play just because of the pitching. Not just, you know, Alcantara, but Lopez and Cabrera with his 96 mile an hour changeup. Uh, the Marlins are, are kind of a pain in the neck. So, uh, I think if you, you know, you go seven and four, that's pretty good. Eight and three would be great. Six and five is kind of that, you know, break even point where if you go sign for six and five right now, uh, Atlanta schedule is going to get a little tougher here too, by the way. I know they, they finish up with the Cubs this weekend, but after that, they finally are done with the pirates and the Nats for a little bit. They get the giants, the Dodgers, uh, and some of these better teams down the stretch here for, for the next week or two. So, you know, probably seven and four is good. Six and five is okay. And you know, eight and three, would be really good something like that
0: i gotta be honest i'm gonna be on the marlins probably in both of those starts with alcantara against the mets uh because maybe the marlins will be underdogs and i'll get a good either a plus money price or maybe plus a half a run in the first five innings something like that would be a play for me to look at uh, those two games specifically
3: this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple
1: Yeah, it's too bad Degrom's not back. Can you imagine a Degrom Alcantara uh, matchup? That total, I don't know if we go lower than five and a half. I think five and a half a half's the lowest we've ever seen. But if you ever get those two guys, you know, pitching well and and healthy for Degrom and squaring up against each other, you, boy, could you ever see a five in a game? Like I said, I know we've seen some five and a halves. I remember, I think it was Roy Holiday, the great, the late great Roy Holiday against Lincecum in a playoff game was five and a half, like 10, 11 years ago. Uh, and we've seen some of them. We we see six and a half, you know, sevens obviously all the time. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Alcantara is—he's uh, no fun to hit against. He is just ha- has incredible stuff.
0: Oh, well, it could be like another Nestor Cortez Shane McClanahan matchup, which is what we're going to get actually on Monday between the Yankees and the Rays—a rematch of a game that we saw the Yankees win four-three this week on Wednesday. As we're talking to Will Hill, host of the New York City Cast for the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Scott saddenberg here with you on ninety-eight point seven ESPN. First up, though. Alec Manoa takes the hill for Toronto, and if there's anybody besides McClanahan or uh, even Nestor Cortez that should be the favorite to win the American League Cy Young, it's Alec Manoa, and he has been exceptional at home. What are you thinking about this matchup here for Saturday afternoon?
1: Yeah, should be a good one, Uh, a good test for the Yankees, who you know, the naysayers will say, you know what, they beat up on a soft schedule, the Cubs and all these teams, the Guardians, which some of that is fair, but... Look, when you are uh, when you have the record the Yankees have, you don't have to apologize. Everyone plays the same schedule roughly. So it uh, should be a good test. This is the kind of guy, you know, if you have one concern with the Yankees, it's you get into October and you face a, a good right-handed pitcher with nasty stuff because if there's a flaw for them, you know, Gallo hasn't balanced the lineup like they'd hope. Rizzo helps a little bit, but they are very right-handed and they're prone to strikeouts. You know, the Judge, Stanton, Torres, Lemehu, you just go down the line, they are very right-handed. So uh, should be a good test. Uh, you know, depends what the number is. Um, you know, in in terms of this matchup, I might be looking to play a total, but uh, certainly a good litmus test here for the Yankees. Alec Manoa, five and zero at home with a one five
0: five ERA. Opponents are batting just one seventy one against him at the Rogers Center this year.
1: <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty That's good. Insane. Got a good chance to start the All Star game. Boy, that AL, it's going to be really hard to pick the AL All Star team, which I know we're. Uh, well, we're a few weeks away here from, from getting into All-Star rosters and right about a month away from the All-Star game. It's gonna be hard to make that all-star team. It's gonna be you know, you can make a case for all five Yankees starting pitchers. Holmes to me is a lock. I think Holmes deserves some Cy Young buzz because I mean, look, you can't even get the ball out of the infield against a guy. I mean, you don't even get a guy to second base against Holmes. Uh all the guys, you know, on the Yankees, you look at somebody like Scooble for uh Detroit, you mentioned Manoa. It's a, it's a pretty crowded, pretty loaded field dealer. Uh, field here for the American League All-Star team, especially with the pitchers and for the
0: American League MVP. I don't see anybody surpassing Aaron Judge right now.
1: Nope. Nope. You're betting against an injury at this point. I don't know that there's a slump significant enough, realistic enough that could keep this award away from him. I mean, Look, he's a big guy. He stayed healthy the last two years, so this idea that he's injury prone, yeah, I mean, he's got hit on the. Some of it has been bad luck in past years where he gets hit on the wrist. One year right. I know uh, with like a ninety eight mile an hour fastball and he, you know, he hurts his wrist. Well, that's not injury prone. You just got hit hit with the wrist that, you know, hit on the wrist with ninety eight. That's not his fault. But look, he's a big guy, a check swing, swing, and he pulls a, an oblique. God forbid, anything can happen. Uh, you have to introduce that caveat. That being said, I mean, he's just so far ahead of the field and. The narrative is in his favor. He plays in New York. His team's going to win 100 plus games. Uh, the whole thing with the contract, I think, has brought attention to him. So that helps. And remember, 2017, he had a legitimate case to win the award just straight up. And now we figure out, you know, Altuve was cheating. He probably deserved that award. So uh, I think everything points to the judge. I, I remember it had to be 10 days ago. I said, you know what? 3 to 1 isn't the best price. It's not sexy, but 3 to 1 is still a bet I would make. I know it ties up your money for a long time, but. Uh, I think right now, I don't know. He's at even even Even, money right now. Yeah. yeah, I think it'll be minus at some point. Remember Otani at this time last year got to even and people kind of balked at that because it was 50 to one. Well, you know, he closed minus 5,000. So sometimes. You know what? A good number is better than no number.
0: Would you take a flyer on a divisional price? I mean, the Yankees are absurd right now. It's minus 550 to win the division. They're not going to lose this division right now. But, They're you know, not. the Mets, with, it, with the Braves creeping up, the price on the Mets is actually dropping. It's at minus 185 right now. Ooh.
1: Wow, that's interesting. That's a little cheap on the Mets. I, I, with the Brave schedule coming up, you're getting your pitchers back. You know, with Cohen, they'll be aggressive. They'll make a trade at the deadline. I think they'll add a bat. I think they'll add a reliever. You know, Cohen is going to be very aggressive. Money's not going to be an object. So, yeah, that 185 is certainly interesting. It is a good – yeah, because, I
0: mean, uh, it was much higher than that, and it obviously sure. dropped with the Braves' incredible long winning streak. will appreciate the time. Uh, what do you got coming up on the podcast this weekend?
1: Next week, we got got uh, Bill James. We've got Howard Beck. We'll do some NBA draft, Plenty of Mets. Plenty of Yankees. So uh, before you know it, we ha- we'll have some football to talk about. So appreciate you having me on. VEASAN.com slash podcast for the podcast. And got to get you on it at some point. We got to do a home and home and uh, I'll have you return the favor here. Uh, anytime. Uh, who do you got? you got? Johnny Davis to the Knicks at 11. What are you thinking? That's a good question. I just think you have to take the best available player. You're not good enough right now where you worry about fit. You just kind of, uh, you know, evaluate the best player and, and try to find a superstar here, the Knicks because right now you have a lot of, you know, okay players, C-plus, B-minus prospects. You need to kind of, you know, swing for the fences and get a superstar here in New York to to get this team over the top. I think you look at the East next year, it's just, you know, I, I don't see a path where you're no, any better than really like a playing team. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much, man. Talk
0: to you soon. All right. Be good, Scott. Appreciate you. There he is. Will Hill hosts the uh, New York City Cast for the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Again, it's vcin.com slash podcast or just search New York City Cast wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Always on Twitter at Scott's on air 3776 Just listen to Keyshawn J. Will you know, talking about uh, NBA stuff and I was thinking a lot about the Celtics and, and why they came up short against the Warriors and what they need to do in the offseason. And uh, I'm very curious to see what they do and, and how they respond. Uh, this is a team that you know no one really um, thought about their shortcomings in the postseason until really this NBA Finals against the Warriors. But uh, certainly you would think that they would need a, a point guard uh, they have to address the depth issues. They can't rely on just two players in, in Grant Williams and Derek White. And, but, hey, I'm curious to see what happens. A full season of uh, healthy Robert Williams. The Celtics going to be interesting right now. They are the uh, favorites to go back to the NBA Finals out of the Eastern Conference, along with the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the Bucs are behind them. And in the West, you got the Warriors right there with the Clippers, as well as the Suns, Mavericks, Nuggets, and Grizzlies. I think the Clippers are going to be fascinating because obviously everyone's just banking on the health. You get a healthy Kawhi for a full season with PG and how that team is going to look next season. So uh, Clippers are a very popular bet right now on top of the futures market in the NBA. We're in the middle of the uh, beginning part of the Stanley Cup final. The Avalanche taking game one from the Lightning in overtime for three. I lost the under in that game. I thought game one would go under. And uh, you know what? After that first period, the game kind of played out how I thought it would. I'm on Tampa to win this series. I think uh, their experience level and their style of play benefits them against Colorado. And they have such a massive goaltending edge. Whether it's Darcy Kemper or Frankie in net for Colorado, it doesn't matter. None of them are as good as Andre Vasilevsky. And in that first period in game one, it seemed to me like Colorado just overwhelmed them. Right now, everyone wanted to talk about the, the layoff and how all the days off would affect the avalanche. And would the Lightning be tired? There's no fatigue. I mean, everyone's tired at this point, but but, uh, that was the idea. It was, well, you have the Avs coming in off this long layoff. And much like the Lightning had the layoff going into the series against the Rangers, and they started out slowly in game one and in game two. That was the expectations by many for the Colorado Avalanche. Certainly it was for me, which is why I like the under six. And that wasn't the case. They came out like a buzzsaw. They were fast. They uh, were precise. they, they, They had plenty of open ice and they really overwhelmed Tampa. Jumped out to that early lead. I credit Tampa for fighting back. But if you just if you didn't watch that first period and all you did was watch the second period and the third period and The minute of overtime, right? Because it was a minute 23 into overtime game was over. But if you just watched like the second and third period, you would have came. You would have come away from your TV thinking these are pretty even teams and maybe even Tampa having a slight edge because of how good Andre Vasilevsky was in those second and third periods. I mean, the dude made 34 saves. Problem was the Avalanche shot took 30, 38 shots, right? But after that first period, he settled in and uh, the adjustments that John Cooper made during that first intermission, uh, whatever he changed, they really they clogged up the ice. They didn't allow the the Avalanche to have a ton of space. They were able to get those quick goals back to back and tie the game. But I thought Tampa really held their own. and looked great. And they don't deserve to be big underdogs against this Avalanche team. And I still think they're absolutely live to win this series. Because I, I always I never felt, and this is what I always think it's funny when it comes to series prices. The line overreacts after one game. Right? So the avalanche go into this series as you know, maybe a minus 160 favorite, something like that, minus 170, maybe even more. And now they're minus 275. And the lightning on the comeback, plus 225 up on BetMGM.
2: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com.
0: To me, it's just too much of an overreaction. Much like I felt it was an overreaction with the Celtics winning game one. But that's a little different circumstance because... When they when you win game one as the road team, you steal the home advantage and it's 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 more uh, of an impact if you steal game one versus if you steal game two. But the the reason why I think nothing changes about my opinion in this series right now is because I never thought Tampa was going to win both games in Colorado. And as long as Tampa wins game two, which I will be on them. They're at plus right now. uh, Where are they? I believe it's plus 135 in this game. Yeah. Uh, Yep. You got Colorado minus 160, Tampa plus 135. And if they win this game, well, then they did what they set out to do. They did what I hoped they would do, which is earn a split in Colorado. And once that's the case, they have home ice advantage. If they win both games in Tampa, they're going to Colorado up three games to one. And then it's Tampa in six, right? I mean, that's the bet. And that's the bet that offers you a real, uh, real juicy payout is, is taking Tampa in six, right? Let's see if I can find an exact outcome bet here. Um, Do we have an outcome? All right, let's see. Series. That's the series spread. All right, correct series result. Tampa in six is seven to one. Tampa in seven is six to one. Right now, Colorado is the favorite is Colorado in five at three to one. Colorado in six is plus 350. Colorado in seven plus 450 and a Colorado sweep plus 500. We're not getting a sweep. Tampa's too good. They're not losing the next three games. If you think Tampa is going to win the next four games, though, 20 to one on Tampa to win the next four games, which would be pretty crazy. Uh, But I think Tampa to win in six is the move at seven to one. But that's not the play. The play for me is on the Con Smythe winner. If you believe Tampa is going to win this series, you can bet them at plus 225. Okay. Seems like a reasonable bet. I think you're probably better off betting them game to game. But okay, plus 225 if you think that they're going to come back and win this series. Or you can take a look at the Con Smythe odds. And right now on BetMGM, Nikita Kucherov is plus 550, and Andre Vasilevsky is plus 600. You go a half unit on each. You're essentially winning more than the plus 225, right? Worst case scenario, you're winning, uh, let's see, 2.5. Well, five and a half. That is a 2.75. You lose your half unit. So your 2.05 units is your profit. All right. So it's like 20 cents cheaper if Kucherov wins, and you actually make a little bit more if Vasilevsky wins. That's if you do a half a unit on both as opposed to a full unit on the plus 225. Now, the question is which of those players is the bet for Tampa? Because I think for Colorado, as much as Nathan McKinnon is just as big of a favorite as Kale McCarr is. I think Kale McCarr wins this award, but there's no value in betting on McKinnon or Makar at plus 150. As far as Tampa is concerned, if they win this series, who is the con winner? If you asked me three days ago, I had one answer for you. And coming up next, I'm going to give you the completely opposite answer.
2: This is the Weekend Wager with Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.